On this week's episode, we welcome Howard University students, Naya Cunningham and Trinity Kinslow. Naya Cunningham is a student at Howard University, as well as Trinity Kinslow. And they're about to tell a story that is so hidden under the radio, radar, so threatening. And I know many parents across the country who have, um, your child is in school, whether you've heard it from them or heard it from others, you know this story. You know, Howard University here in Washington, D.C. is an open campus. It doesn't have the high security gates that many of these universities have. It doesn't have the sophisticated security system. And while they may, a few of them may carry guns and tasers, you'd be shocked at how threatened and vulnerable these campuses have become, especially to young women. Let me start with you, Naya. Paint a picture for us. It's one thing to feel the pressure, the academic pressure of facing your professors, going to the library, preparing to give this best defense to study and pass your examinations, your tests. But there are other issues that you as a student who pays so much money to Howard University, you should not have to deal with. Well, as a, as a commuting student to Howard University, for one, I have to deal with locking my, locking my steering wheel when I park so that I don't have to worry about somebody carjacking my car. Two, I have to worry about crossing the street onto Georgia Ave over to SLB and worry about whether or not a student is gonna run up to me while a non-student is going to run up to me and stab me in my back or try to take my purse away from me that only has books and zero funding in it. How long has this been going on? This has been going on all school year long. And, 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 I'm, and I'm sure, um, Trinity, you've complained to the administration, you've complained to the security, and are you telling me they're incapable, even before you answer that, um, Trinity, talk about the things that you've experienced inside the dorm, people being stabbed 2 a.m. in the morning. Yes, um, security around the residential dorms at Howard is very lax to say. Um, any non-students, non-students have been able to get into the building, homeless people, people from around the area that don't go to Howard have been able to get into residential dorms and just roam the hallways, harass students. Um, some students have been robbed outside of, in their own dorms. And it's really a scary sight. And you know, it's something you were talking about that I, that I don't even understand. It's how TikTok, they're able to use that app to commit their crimes. Yes, there's been a trend on TikTok going around where it kind of teaches people how to carjack cars, especially Kias and Hyundais. Um, so s kids, especially like teenagers around the area have been carjacking people for their cars and taking their cars, going on joy rides and the cars might be found maybe a couple blocks down the street or something, but nothing, they're not doing anything with the cars. They're just taking them for fun. So now, as a student at Howard, how has these outbreaks of violence, which continues on these campuses impacted your sense of safety, security, and what measures do you think the university should take to address the issues and ensure the overall well-being of a student, the most important asset to the institution? Well, for one, I don't feel safe. Two, I do believe that the two entrances on Georgia Ave need to have better policing protocols. We have two entrances, we have two, two parking lot stations there that are 
easily, easily accessible. Anybody can walk on campus. Nobody is asked whether or not they go to the campus or not. Nobody shows proof whether or not they go to the campus. It's become a point where you don't have to just worry about you don't have to just worry about older people. We're also worried about people who are 15 and 16 years old running around at two o'clock in the morning, stabbing students, carjacking cars. It's getting outrageous. And the, the point that I'm getting at is when is it enough? But it sounds as if these criminals, these kids and some of these adults know that there is just absolutely no consequences for their behavior. They can just run roughshod like the animal kingdom take what they want, violate what they want, and if they have to stab and kill, so be it. They're running our school. Mm -hmm. But how? I don't understand. We even have, just like she said about homeless, we have Douglas Building. There are two known homeless people who stay there approximately probably three nights out the week. Three? So they, they make this their home, Trinity? Yes. Yes, I haven't actually heard of this, but apparently I have heard of many homeless people breaking into student buildings, especially residential dorms, being caught like in stairwells and just kind of almost camping out. So what I don't understand, has, there, has the university in any kind of way addressed your concerns, Trinity? Um, they've tried to increase security around residential dorms, having students uh, have an app on their phone where they have to scan in and then putting security at the front desk to really check for um, student IDs. But there's really no security around these back entrances or side doors. And for commuter students, there aren't too many specified parking garages where our cars will definitely be safe. And if there are, parking on campus has become super expensive, especially with the rise of tuition. Um, I think parking on campus for one semester is around $1,600. You know, if I'm a parent, what is Howard's tuition a year, Trinity? Howard's tuition a year is a little over $25,000, I believe. Listen, go ahead, Nye. It's approximately, and I know this because I pay cash, it's approximately $34,000 not living on campus. $34,000. I'm paying this university $34,000, and I'm a parent, and that my child is there to learn, and you cannot protect their well-being. What are your parents saying? Trinity? My parents are always super concerned about my safety on campus, especially as a commuter student. They're always you know, urging me to park my cars in very well-lit areas, especially if I'm on campus late at night, or keep uh, sticking to the buddy system, like walking to my car, to my vehicle with my friends. Um, but my parents do definitely worry about my safety as they hear about the rise in crime around campus. You know, Kevin, who runs our social media, is also a student at Howard, and he just communicated to me, living off campus, the tuition is $42,000. That's almost $50,000 a year. In your opinion, Naya, what factors may have contributed to the rise in violence at Howard Universities? And how can students, faculty, and the administration work together to promote a safe and secure environment? Well, the rise in crime around all universities is nationwide. And I think the factor to that would be lack of lack of funding, lack of programs for these young kids, because as we know today, the crime that happened three days ago was two 15-year-olds and one 16-year-old. These are not grown men, and it happened at one o'clock in the morning. They need to be, they should have been asleep ready for school the next day, but instead they was out committing 13 crimes against people who were actually at school and trying to further their education and get a degree. Now, Trinity, I think I know the answer to this. It's a violation of the school policy if you bring some kind of weapon to protect yourself. 
-hmm. You can't even protect yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, we're not allowed to have our own weapons on campus for, I feel like safety reasons, but um, it definitely does bring a rise in like tension and vulnerability for students. You know, I am just so flabbergasted because later on in the show, our topic is about crime. Let me, let me ask you, um, Nye, what is the profile of those committing these crimes? The profile, sad to say, it is young black men. Young black men? Young black men who should be looking forward to furthering their education at Howard University, but instead they rather attack those that are furthering their education. And it's sad. My question though is for somebody 15 and 16 years old to be out at one o'clock in the morning, where's your parents? Why was there not missing police reports? And again, why are the police who are stationed at Howard and security guards who are 24 hours at that, not making sure that our campus is safe? So do you think if young white kids, males, were coming from other sectors of the city, not part of the university system, and they were doing the attacking and violating and disrupting and threatening lives, do you think Howard would have a different perspective on this? Do you think this would have changed much quicker? Um, I think so. I'm not quite sure. I feel like if we were young white students at a white university, maybe it would be taken more seriously or our safety would be more of a concern. But just the lack of funding and lack of security at Howard is definitely showing. What do you mean lack of funding? You pay forty some thousand dollars a year. There's no lack of funding. What are you talking about? It's the lack of protocol. It's like, what are you doing? Funding? I don't even blame Howard. I, bl I blame the police department because what is the police protocol for when they are on our campus? Because they shouldn't have six stationed out Friday, outside of Crampton. You should have six stationed outside the two entrances on Georgia Ave. But why do these young kids commit these crimes? What is it? What is, what, why is this rise in juvenile crime? Uh, have you thought about it? I've been thinking it's um, a lot to do with the lack of structure for students that are in their teenage years. I know a lot of after school programs really focus towards students that are 12 and 13 years old, but that kind of care kind of drops off once they get into their later teen years. And a lot of ki kids are just turning to different things that don't really fuel them or bring them up for success. Are they uneducated, Not Is it a lack of education? Not being taught morals and values, respecting your neighbor, respecting your neighbor's property? A lack of structure in the home, but I think also lack of people reaching out to the younger communities. We don't have, I remember when I was growing up, there was always a program that, I, that was there to support me, to help me get through, to help me to whether or not it was that I needed to be at a program so I could eat throughout the day or whether or not I needed to be at a program so that my parents could go to work. But nowadays, there isn't people who are older who are looking down like, okay, we need to sit here and structure our young community, especially our young black community because they don't have this structure at home. So, so Naya and Trinity, this is something I just received from Kevin. He said, there have been many gun robbings for the last six years on and near the campus. There are projects right across the street from where the sophomore dorm is located. A lot of these criminals live in public housing units right there. And one of his tr friends, listen to this, tried to get his wallet, he got his wallet stolen. He tried to get it back and it was stolen by some middle schooler. When he went to the middle schooler to try to get his wallet back, the middle schooler proceeded to beat him even more and take the remainder of his belongings. Does this sound familiar to you? I have not heard of this. 
I haven't heard this story either, but I have heard stories of students from the middle school on campus, like stealing vehicles. There's a video that went viral on social media um, a couple months ago of some students stealing a vehicle right outside of our health science library on campus. Talk about, she mentioned social media. Talk about the overall impact of social media on their values, Naya. Social media is creating more followers than leaders. As people try to rise their following on social media, they also become followers in the real world. A lot of them are looking, seeing trends, and then they go out and implicate it in the real world. Just like how she stated, somebody created a, a, a TikTok robbing a car and just joyriding. I, I, uh, Trinity, obviously, it sounds as though they are repeat offenders. Are they ever arrested? Is any, are any of these kids ever brought to justice? I'm sure some are arrested. I'm honestly not sure if there have been any arrests made based on the armed robberies or carjackings that have been going on on campus. Um, so I actually can't answer that question. Why don't you protest? I mean, until if you're paying this kind of money, until you put safety measures in place to protect us, I'm not going to class and you're not taking my money because obviously, they, they're, listen, they're isolated. I bet you're not going to hear about Howard's professors and faculties and president going through these same kinds of situations. So why should they leave their students vulnerable? Well, faculty has gated parking. That's why we don't hear about faculty being robbed. They have gated parking and students do not, which we should have gated parking as well. So this has become an elite system. They protect the professors, but not the students. Basically, if you're not paying that extra $1,600 a semester to park your car within the parking garages, on top of the already 42000 that we're paying a year, then you're left to park your car on the streets and it's fair game to the rest of the university. They tell us what safety precautions they want us to follow. And if we don't, then it's up to us. Many people listen to this conversation and these kids that you're describing, they see them as the victims. They see these young black kids who have been um, tainted and harmed by this thing they call racism and they make excuses for their baby. Well, they didn't have a father in the household. Well, they grew up poor. Well, they didn't have the same options. Are we making excuses and becoming enablers to this kind of behavior, Naya? To an extent, and I love how you mentioned that because I grew up poor. I did not grow up with two parents in a household, but I'm still a student at Howard University, extending my education and trying to extend my career. So therefore, it's not an excuse for what you didn't have because what you lack, you can make up for. And if you choose not to, that's a self-choice. Yes, we do have a lot of things that impact us, but those are not, just because somebody doesn't view you the way you want to be viewed does not mean you stop your life and disrupt someone else's. Trinity? I could attest to that as well. I definitely think there are some excuses being made, but I definitely think it is up to us as a community to reach and pour back out into these children. Just like I mentioned earlier, there aren't too many programs or um, after school things for students in their teenage years to do, and nobody's really reaching that hand out to them. So while I do think they should be held accountable for their actions and the crimes that they're committing, I also do think we have to think about the systemic implications of what all they're going through as well. What do you think they're going through? Just uh, living in poverty, living in areas where there are high crime and you feel like you don't have any other options. That's very real for some students. And I've talked to some kids that live in these areas that are doing well for themselves, but they see their friends that 
aren't doing as well or they get led on the wrong path by someone that definitely that definitely didn't have their best interest in heart um it's easy to get lost but did you give them permission to steal to stab the rape the kill how do you have to navigate this balance it's definitely a balance and i definitely don't give anyone permission to steal rob rape anything trespass anything i definitely feel like these students should be held accountable for the actions that they are taking. And parents as well should be held accountable for not keeping a, a sharper eye on their kids, not making sure that they're being led the proper way and being led up to achieve success and further their education for their careers. How does this impact your academic studies in the classroom, Naya? Um, well, like you said, you said that we should riot. I don't have the time to riot. I didn't say I riot, protest. Okay, well, protest. No, not riot. <laughs> I don't have the time to protest. protest yes. I barely have time to email because I'm I'm already, I already have all my own schoolwork that I need to do, that I have to focus on. And as far as I'm concerned, I can't focus on what's happening outside the campus. As much as it's impacting me, all I can keep doing is trying every day. And you, Trinity? I definitely wish I had more time to protest, more time to organize, but just the weight of school life and then trying to balance other careers and internships as well is definitely like number one priority. Um, I feel like I do take a deep breath when I finally do get into secured buildings on campus because there's no longer that fear of, oh my gosh, am I gonna get grabbed on my way walking to this building? Well, what do you mean when you say secured buildings? Uh, some buildings on campus, like student buildings where we have classes, do have security in the front. They check your ID. Um, they're locked after certain hours and only students that have a certain app on their phone can get into the building. So some buildings are secured. But well, why can't you have this for students? It is for students. All students. I think it'd probably be better if we had it around all campus. Yeah, yeah well, around yeah. all all the buildings on campus are not secured. I think that's one issue. And then some of the other entrances to campus, like um, on the back side of campus where we have like our journalism building or we have some other dorms and lunch halls that are back there. They're not as protected from the outside neighborhoods, but some of the buildings themselves are secured. But I'm willing, in your tuition, if someone said Naya, a Trinity, you have to pay an extra $7 each to make sure that the campus is secure, for your livelihood, you would pay that. Yes, I definitely would. I mean, I'm already paying an extra $4,000 next semester for not sure what, but that part. <laughs> I would pay for more security around school. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, th I don't see why this is not the number one priority for the university. Because you know what? You know what? It's only a matter of time before someone loses their life or someone is so traumatized they can't return to campus, Night. It's, it's just, it's a matter of time. It's true. We need to focus on the border right now. Well, the border? That, the border of Howard, we can, we can definitely focus on. There is about four entrances. There is, well, six in total, two on, e two on each side, two down bottom. Those can, those can be, we can have cops stationed there to at least implicate. I don't mind if a cop came up to me and asked me, hey, can you please show me a Howard badge? Can you please show me something that indicates that you belong on this campus? I would feel safe. You know, I want to get into this before I say goodbye to both. Hey, listen, both of you make me so proud. I mean, I mean, you the maturity, the education, the and the fairness and the spirit of what you express today. I mean, it's a it's a fine reflection of of your parents. But what about what is happening 
to our young black men. What is happening to them? There's no focus on our young black men. We have more focus on young black women than we do young black men. Yes, I think that's obviously, it's portrayed through Howard as well. I mean, Howard is a majority, it's not all girls, but the majority of the population at Howard is black women. And you can see the lack of focus on black men and their education being portrayed at our universities as well. And what is it, what are some of the things that, because I know you know a lot of these men, whether they're involved in crime or not, many of them are doing very well. What is it that they need that is missing? Because it seems like they're so broken. They did not grow up with the love that I received and you received from your parents, someone always being there for you, knowing that they love you and they support you. There's just so much brokenness in society. And then what happens is when they don't get an education and they don't have real skills at the end of the day and they can't provide for themselves, then they find themselves in petty crimes, then drugs, then, and then, and then um, petty theft. And then they find themselves incarcerated. What is it, what do we do to help these young brothers? Exactly what you stated. They need somebody, they need to feel as if, as if somebody wants to help them. They need to feel that somebody wants them. They don't get that at home. They've never got that at home. Most black men do not have a father figure, so they don't have the structure that needs to be implicated at a young age on how to navigate throughout the world as a young black man or as a young man. And that is what is needed. Also, we should target how young black men don't have, nobody focuses on what they actually want out of life. They focus on more of what women want, but they don't focus on what men want. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta share this with you because Anthony is still sending a lot of uh, messages to me. Uh, he said, "Talk about the fear of being groped. A lot of instances of random men going onto campus and groping women, are masturbating in front of women students when they walk into classrooms. That's true. Yes, so masturbating. Actually, if you go to McDonald's." On the side of McDonald's, in between McDonald's and Towers, there is a line of men lined up in cars waiting for women to walk by. Not to mention, these are not women. These are young adults. They are 17, 18. Some of them aren't, aren't even of age yet. And they wait and ask, oh, hey, baby, can you come get in my car? You want to take a ride? It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah, even the men inside the McDonald's that wait around for Howard students or female students to walk in, they're harassing them as well. So it's definitely a scary thought. Men coming out of the barbershop right across from SOB. Hey, baby, I got a fine cup. You want to come with me? No, I don't. Oh, no, my goodness. And then finally, Kevin also shared that you all have had an active shooter on campus due to the lack of borders and um, teachers have been held hostage. Yes. What? The violence is getting outrageous on Howard Hughes. No, I just said that. Kevin is a student and Kevin works for us. He runs our social media, he was a student. So this stuff is real. Yeah. Yes, it's very real, it's very scary. Um, you never know who the next victim might be or where you might become a victim. So that's, it's just a scary thought. I'm traumatized just hearing this. Listen, um, Trinity, Naya, thank you both so much for your courage to come out today and tell the story. This week's episode.